0: thank you everyone i'm gonna get i have to have a larger screen here so i'm gonna get that going and thank you oh, got to put in the right number perfect okay so thank you pastor and thank you for the opportunity to speak uh, this is uh a I don't want to call it a dream, but it's something that God has put in my heart and it's been there for a while. And I tell you what, it's, I'm just thankful to be able to come and share the word with you. The, over the last three weeks, we've been in a series called Kingdom Builders, right? And Pastor Eric brought the first message and he talked about Abraham and what it's going to take to be a kingdom builder. He talked about the fact that it requires faith. And that is so true. And then Pastor Erica brought a really deep message on leaving Babylon and uh, how that we're going to have to get out of our place of comfort to be able to do what God has asked us to do and to get closer to the Lord. And then, I almost called her Pastor Kathleen. Kathleen uh, brought last week the message about Peter and that how he was all in. And her first point that she brought out was that we are all called, even in our imperfections. And that was something that even today spoke to me as I was driving to church, that we are all called. Everybody in this room has a purpose. And that purpose is this. It's what you saw on the screen in that video. There are many lives that we are going to be touching because of what God is doing through us. There are people that, are, that are, have broken marriages. There's going to be people that need to be healed. There's people that need to know Jesus. And we're going to be able to bring that to them. We are called to be kingdom builders for a reason. As I was meditating upon the messages over the last three weeks, there was two points that God brought to my heart. And that first point was this, is that there is a purpose. God has a reason for what we're doing It's not to come, check the box, and play church. You are the reason. You are the reason, I am the reason. Angie didn't tell you this, but she she sort of did. Uh, My wife uh, Angie there. (laughs) We have been so blessed by Alive and what God has done in our life. I was just sharing with Jeff back there that how when we came to Alive, I was coming back to a place of health in the Lord. I had been away from the Lord, and I was coming back. So we were looking for a church that would help us come to a place that we could grow in, and we started uh, coming to Alive in June of 2018, and we have been here ever since. It's really been a blessing. So the first point is that God has a purpose. There's a reason and there is a cause. And I want to continue throughout this message to remind you of that. Secondly, something that I saw in all the people that we talked about in this message, Abraham, the children of Israel, Peter, Peter, And even going into today, into the early church, and going into Paul, going into others that had come to know the Lord, there is something in common with each of them. And even today, there's something in common. Need to drink the water. And that's this. We have been called to be sacrificial givers. We have been called to surrender our lives to the Lord. And there is a reason for what God wants to do in our midst. So the title of today's message is The Heart of a Sacrificial Giver. I want to start off, what does it mean to grow as a sacrificial giver? Point number one, sacrificial giving is a scriptural principle that was put in place by God. Think about that. For God so loved the world, God so loved you, God so loved me, that he gave sacrificially, literally, put his son upon that cross for us that we could be pulled back into relationship with him. And that's what God is calling us to do as a body, as kingdom builders, is to be used in sacrificial ways. I've got good news, and this came not in this part of my message, so I'm going off script here a little bit. So, we're believers, right? We believe in Jesus, right? What does the Scriptures tell us about us? How are we special? We have the Spirit of God within us. We have the very nature of God within us. We are not average human beings. We have the life of God. So that means that we have the heart of the kingdom builder within us. All we have to do is bring it out. We have to bring it out of us because the flesh wants to get in the way. The mind wants to get in the way. Our thoughts want to get in the way. So let's talk about how we can do that. The second point I want to bring to you is a sacrificial giver is surrendered. They are willing and obedient to do whatever God asks or directs him or her to do. That's the life of a sacrificial giver. And point number three, a sacrificial giver will often put others ahead of themselves and their own needs, their well-being. And I have a fourth point here. Becoming a sacrificial giver is the sign of a growing believer. I want you to know it's a place of strength. It's a place of character. We're not here to talk people into or to guilt people into being a sacrificial giver. That's something between you and God. But I'm here today, and the message that God has given me is to encourage you why we need to do that. So, here's three reasons why we want to be a sacrificial giver. Number one, it moves God's plans and purposes forward. God has something he wants to do within us. God has something he wants to do through us. When I look at Christina just now, I saw her up on screen talking about what God done in her life and Ryan, what God done in his life. And that's happened all the way across this auditorium. People have been changed. People have been brought into a relationship with him that has been so precious. What's happened in Angie and ours lives in the last four years has just been so incredible. And that's why I gladly jumped at the opportunity to be able to share with you. So, point number one in going into being a sacrificial giver, it's your choice. You get to choose. Am I going to be a sacrificial giver or am I not? I can guarantee you this, that somewhere in your life, in your immediate future, or maybe further along, God's going to give you an opportunity to give. And sometimes, the life of generosity is always there. But there's going to be a point that he may call upon you to go sacrificial. I want to read to you some scriptures from Mark chapter 12, 41 through 44. It says, now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money in the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. And then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which is quadrants. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. Would you agree that she was a sacrificial giver? You know, we many times look at these four scriptures and we just read through and keep going. I know that I have. But studying this message, I slowed down a little bit. And the question that came to me is, what got into her to take her last bit of money and to put it into the house of God, to the treasury, to the the temple? What moved her? So I stepped and said, God, what was it? What, What moved her? And I stepped before this moment. And said, what was it that she was probably at her kitchen table and God had moved upon her and says, I want you to take your two mites and I want you to give it to the treasury. And I can tell you folks, it probably happened with her like it has with me. You want me to do what? You want me to take the food off my table? You want me to the, the electric bill and give it to the church? That could have happened. This is according to David. I don't know. It could have been, this is, at, this is uh, Mark chapter 12. In this very same chapter, uh, Jesus taught about the great commandment. Talked about loving God with all, all your heart. Yeah. She may have heard that. Prior to that, in, in, uh we're going to go to it here in a second, Mark chapter 10, the rich young ruler, she could have been in the crowd when Jesus talked to that rich young ruler and we'll talk about what he said to her, him, and she could have heard that. That could have been her motivation. But I know this, that whatever it was, by faith, she says, I'm going to take what I've got and I'm going to give it. And it so impressed Jesus that he, he called his disciples. Come here, come here, come here, come here, James, John, Peter, Judas, you need to see this. You know, <laughs> see this woman, she took all she had and she gave everything and put it into the treasury It so impressed God, he made it into a teaching moment. And I want you to notice what it said in the beginning, that Jesus sat and watched those putting things into the treasury. As I was meditating on this, the the thought came to mind, I see your giving. I see what you're doing. I see your sacrifice. Praise God. And he made it a teaching moment. And I believe that he honored her throughout eternity by putting her example in the scriptures that there are people in heaven that are coming up to her and saying you're the woman that gave her last two mites wow and not only did he make it a teaching moment for the disciples of that day he's making it a teaching moment for us today praise God I told my wife I said um, I said if I get too intense you need to get my attention and Smile. So I put in my notes, smile about every other word. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go to a another opportunity a person that was given an opportunity to give sacrificially it was the rich young ruler this for your notes you want to take this down it's mark chapter 10 verses 17 through 30 and for the sake of time we're going to have to go quick so a rich young ruler came up and spoke to uh jesus says what must i do to receive eternal life and jesus basically told him "Well, do the ten commandments Don't steal, don't kill, don't commit adultery. You know, don't defraud, honor your father and mother. And verse 20 up on the screen said, and he answered him, the rich young ruler says, I've done all these things and kept them from my youth. Look at the next verse 21. It says, then Jesus looked at him and what? Loved him. And he said, one thing you lack, go your way, sell all you have, give it to the poor And you have treasure in heaven and come take up your cross and follow me. He had an opportunity to be a sacrificial giver. Look at verse 21. He went away sad at this word and swayed sorrowful for he had great possessions. I can see Jesus' heart breaking at this point. Oh, you were almost there. You were almost there. I don't want to be this guy and I have been this guy in fact I have been this guy this last couple of weeks because I knew God was going to put on our heart a number what that number I shook that off because I know where that comes from and I'm going to share a testimony here in a second that it's going to be a blessing to you so This rich young ruler went away sorrowful. Paraphrasing, Jesus said how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Notice we had a poor widow. Now we have the rich. It's all spectrums. Each of us can give. Peter said, verse 26 says, and they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, when men... It's impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. And Peter began to say to him, see what we have we have left all and followed you. As uh, Kathleen said, Peter tends to put his foot in his mouth and gets out right out there. I want to bring something to your attention. This was not two things I want to bring to your attention. The widow woman's story didn't end when she walked out of the temple. The rich man, young ruler's story, didn't end right there. There's more to it. Jesus went on to talk in verse 29. So Jesus answered and said assuredly, I say to you there is no one who has left house or brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers, wife, children or lands for my sake and the gospels. Who will Let me get where I'm at. Who shall not receive, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Jesus took this opportunity to make the rich young rulers walking away a teaching moment. He took the opportunity to said if he would have given, even though it was everything he had, he would receive what? I didn't say that. That's red letters. That's Jesus saying that we would receive in this time a hundredfold houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, lands with persecution in the age to come eternal life. Jesus took the opportunity to, to teach them and to continue to teach the principles of sowing and reaping. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. This is a wonderful promise, guys. He that reaps or that sows bountifully will reap bountifully. And we could say, he that sows sacrificially will reap exponentially angie says can you say that i said well that's what i believe got to be careful adding to the word but look at verse 7 so let each one give as he purposes in his heart notice it didn't say as god leads you now i think you should ask god to lead you but it says as he purposes you can choose to purpose in your heart not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Look at verse 8. There's an and. Look at the conjunction. And. And connects the what I just said with what I'm about to say. It says, God is able to make all grace. I love that back there. All grace. About towards you. What is grace? It's favor. It's power. It's it's you getting a raise where you didn't even realize you were up for a raise. It's where you're getting a greater bonus, not even realizing that, that it was happening. Folks, I can tell you that because I got that. You're giving me how much? Thank you. That did what? That doubled my bonus? Thank you. That's called grace, and that comes as a result of being a cheerful giver, being a person that sows sparingly and then sows bountifully. Luke six thirty-eight. Oh, wait, I want to finish that up. Luke, verse 8. It says that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. This is good news. This should be encouraging. I hope it is. Luke 6.38 says, give, and there's that conjunction again. And it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall it be put into your bosom. For with the measure you use, if you give sacrificially, it says it will be measured back to you exponentially. That's my word but it says that it will be measured back to you. I told you it wasn't the end of the widow's story. I believe because of her sacrificial gift of giving all that she had that when she left out of that building that God saw to it that somebody come up in her life that maybe gave her some groceries or decided what, I'm gonna help you with that bill. Here, I I wanna just pay that bill for you or even possibly took her and says, won't you come live with us? I, get, I, based upon the scriptures we just read, I believe that had to have happened. God didn't let her just leave out and just go off and die. I think he took care of her. Praise God. So point number three, as you give, believe and expect harvest it is okay to believe for god to give you return on your giving of course it has to be balanced with right motives right due to time we can't go all the way into this that we'd like to but give expecting a return on your harvest god wants you to do that you know why because when the harvest comes guess what you get to give more And when the harvest comes, you get to give more. Angie and I have purposed to take money aside so that when the time comes and God puts on our heart, whether it's her at her work or during her life or it's me, that we don't even have to talk about it. It's there and it's ready to give because that's who God wants us to be. He wants us to be sacrificial givers. Farmer doesn't go and plow his land, plants his seed, and then goes to the house and says, "It's done." No. He goes and he waits for the harvest. Okay, so we're going to jump into a personal testimony. Angie and I. 2017, 2017. Before that, we lived paycheck to paycheck. No savings whatsoever. We were not putting into 401K plans. We were just paying our bills. We had enough sense to give our tithes. We were faithful in that. But that was our life. We didn't go without a meal. We had a place to live. We were blessed in that way. But we came to a place that we wanted to eliminate our debt. It was about 40000 in debt. So in 18 months, from about January of 2017... To September of 2018, we wrote that last check. Cha-ching. We took the family out to, uh, what's the rest, Rob, Red Robin. And we made it a big deal because we wanted our sons to realize that there's a better way. We were out of debt, except for our house, our consumer debt. So anyway, we had started Alive at two, in 2018, June. In September, we made that last payment. And we were beginning to invest 15% of our income into a 401k. And we had gotten insurance policies just in case one of us died or whatever. The next step was to build an emergency fund. Teaching tells you that you want to have at least six months. So we're going after putting that money aside so that we would have that, that uh, money in case of emergency About six months in, it was March of 2019, in my heart, there was this, this, I'll call it a a dream, a goal. Boy, it would be really cool if we we were meeting in Scranton, and uh, I thought it'd be really cool if we could somehow record our messages. If there was some way we could take them and put them up on YouTube, that would help the ministry. We'd be able to share the gospel. The internet goes around the world, you know, and I sat down with pastor and I, we, we were talking about other things. We, I can't remember if we ate or if we just had coffee, but, but I shared with him, I go, it was already in his heart to do the same. And within a few days, he came back with an Excel spreadsheet with a list of items that were needed and the cost and everything. Meticulous. I took it home to Angie. I I think he emailed it. Angie and I looked at it. Said, look here. Look, Look what this would do. Oh, we can give towards that. And the Lord, independently but yet together, put on our hearts all of it. Do all of it. The rich young ruler, you want us to do what? Give all of it, pay that off. We wrote the check. Felt so good. Because we've defeated the temptation to be that rich young ruler. We did not want to be that guy, we wanted to be generous. We, that was one of the things in the seasons of our life that we were searching for God. We wanted to know God personally. We wanted to know who he was, how he loved us. What could we do to love him more? And as we were in that season, the 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 attitude and the heart of generosity was coming alive. And, and we were uh, developing in that. And when he said to give, we did. We wrote the check. It wasn't couple of weeks later it almost depleted that emergency fund wasn't about a couple of weeks later pastor came back and says there's one more piece that we need that would be good if we had it it would be helpful we took it and i have to tell you this time our approach at least my approach to it was a little bit different okay what are we going to do a little bit tougher decision because that meant wiping out the emergency fund both angie and i together had the same feeling, the same emotion as I would rather give it all than to be bound by my money. The way this rich young ruler was, and we wrote the check. Folks, remember the law of sowing and reaping? If I were to sit here and tell you what has all transpired since that day, it would take another 30 minutes, and you would think I was boasting and that I was bragging. Folks, this is what God is doing today. We're not talking about a a widow uh, 2,000 years ago. We're not talking a rich young man 2,000 years ago. We're talking about today. And I know it's happening across this auditorium that as you're giving, that return is coming. God so blessed us. As I meditate upon what transpired, that was 2019 that that occurred. Who remembers what happened in 2020? If we hadn't had that equipment, we would not have been ready. It was like that, we were no longer had a home. We were not allowed to go to the school. We had to go to pre-recorded messages. Now, I'm going to tell you real quickly, if Angie and I had not said yes, God would have found someone else. I'm thankful, so thankful that we we stood up to what God was telling us to do. It amazes me. We hear weekly people writing, contacting the church and telling us, I'm so thankful you're live streaming your meetings. I'm so thankful you're blessing us. I'm so thankful I heard about you, That people coming in. We're reaching the lost. We're taking the gospel to Jesus, of Jesus to the world in this building and through live streaming. Since that day, the harvest for us has been exponential, amazingly exponential. I want to, Jason, to come forward, and, and in closing, I want to encourage you and invite you to join us this time as we're going to have an opportunity to give sacrificially. Auntie and I are praying and we're ready to do what God tells us to do because we've already been there once before and we saw the return. We saw the reaping. We saw the, the bountiful and we know we don't want to be the rich young ruler. We want to be the widow. Praise God. <sighs> I was hoping this would happen. I don't like crying in front of people. God is doing such a wonderful thing in people's lives. Remember I said a sacrificial giver puts the needs of others before themselves. It's not about us. It's about others. There's people that need the message of Jesus. There are people that need our love. There's people that in our new building will be ministered to, that will be blessed. Families will be restored. People that need healing will be healed. People that will be not make heaven, will make heaven. In August, we lost, we lost our mother-in-law. This church came around us and blessed us. Oh my word, what a blessing. That's why our giving is so important. Angie and I want to invite you to join us. I want to close with this. Jesus set the example. He gave all. Philippians 2, 5, 11 says, let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Verse 8 says, and being found in the appearance as a man, He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. When he was in the garden of Gethsemane, he was thinking about us. He was thinking about you. He was thinking about those that we're gonna touch in our future. Ephesians 5, one through two says, be imitators of the Father God and the Lord Jesus. Ephesians, it says therefore be imitators of God. As dear children walk in love. Love always gives. As Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. An offering and a sacrifice of God for a sweet smelling savor. I want to take you back real quickly to the rich young ruler. He walked away. But Remember what Jesus said, or they said about Jesus before he asked him to give all that he had, he said he loved him. God didn't stop loving him when he walked away. God doesn't stop loving you. No matter what your choices are, he always and will forever love you. That will never change. So good. So I want to do two things. I want to pray with you. I want our team to pray with you. I want to pray first off for this, for wisdom. What is it that God is asking us to do? What is he asking Angie and I to do? What is he asking you to do? And that once you see that direction, that he'll give you strength, boldness, confidence, and faith to write that check. Folks, it's, as I said in the beginning, it's your choice. It's not between me and you and this church and you. It's between yourself and God. I don't need to please anyone but Him, right? So if you would please uh, close your eyes, bow your heads, cross the room, close your eyes. Team, if you'll come up. I'm hoping this message has been encouraging to you. It's not about getting your money. God wants to get something to us. What transpired in our life was God getting something to us. If you want us to pray for you and you want to be in that prayer all across the room, I want you to raise your hand. All across this room. If you want us to pray for you and how that you can be a part of this this, uh, building campaign and our next step, our next season, I want you to be bold and raise your hand right now. Praise God. I see those hands. God sees those hands. Father, I just thank you so much that you are our provider. You said if we lack wisdom, to ask you. Father, I, on these behalf of these people that have raised your hand, they're trying to decide what it is that you would have them do, I pray that you would give them wisdom and direction. More than anything, I pray you would show them how much you love them, how much you care about them. And Father, as that number comes to them, I pray that you would give them boldness, Confidence and faith To fulfill that action We thank you for that Lord In Jesus name Now with your heads uh, still bowed Perhaps you don't know what it is To know Jesus as we've been Talking about It's the best decision You can ever make Again we would like to pray with you Me and the team, if you're here and you don't know Jesus but you would like to, I'd like you to raise your hand. Raise it high so I can see. All across the room, praise God. Father, pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. I receive him into my heart. And I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.